Hey, it's attorney Jamie Miller from the Miller Law Chronicles here to do another episode of the Miller Law Chronicles. Now, the Miller Law Chronicles is a podcast where we will help people simplify the legal maze by giving them clarity and confidence as they go through their legal process. Now, today I am so excited to welcome in Veronica Murchison. Veronica Murchison is a client of Miller & Miller, and she loved Miller & Miller so much that she actually became an employee and has been employed here at Miller & Miller for six, seven years since 2016. Today, Veronica is gonna tell us her story. She's gonna tell us her story dating back to 2015 where she had a 400 credit score, where she was having credit card debt and payday loans that were really bothering her, that were garnishing her wages. But the event that really led her to inquire about filing bankruptcy was the possible repossession of her car. She had a 2013 Chevy Malibu that was financed by a very high interest rate lender. She fell behind on those car payments and was about to have her car repossessed when she decided to file a Chapter 13 bankruptcy. Chapter 13 stopped the repossession of the car and she's gonna tell you a little bit about what happened after Chapter 13 was filed. And she's also gonna spend a fair amount of time talking to you about her journey to get a 720 credit score, how she was able to hit that credit score, get back on her feet, she was able to purchase a car at a reasonable interest rate and reach her dream, her dream of getting a new home. So proud of you to present Veronica Murchison, and I know you're really going to enjoy and appreciate her story from going from a 400 credit score to a 720 credit score. Thank you. Hi, this is attorney Jamie Miller here with a good friend of mine, Veronica Murchison. Veronica has been a past client and in full disclosure, Veronica is also an amazing employee here at Miller & Miller. I've known Veronica for many years. I'm so excited to be able to call her not only one of our prideful, wonderful staff members, but also a great friend. And Veronica, thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. No problem, no problem. I really appreciate you taking your time off of a long day and to meet with you in the middle of the day. It just means a lot that you're willing to have this conversation. And today's podcast, you're welcome. Today's podcast, we're gonna talk about you. I wanna talk about your financial journey, your financial issues that you had way back in 2016 and 17, how you've overcome that financial turmoil and now have arrived at a great credit score and life is much better. And tell me a little bit about yourself. I know that you work for us part-time in the evenings, but tell me a little bit about what's going on in your world. Well, right now I'm at St. Luke's Hospital I'm actually the clinical assistant operator, and I am the mother of one daughter, and I have three grandkids. 
That's amazing. You live in Milwaukee. And how long have you lived in Milwaukee? Actually, all my life. I grew up in Milwaukee. I've been here for the last, probably, I'm just going to say 100 years, to be safe on my age. <laughs> 100 years. I know. You don't look nearly that old. I know maybe sometimes we feel like we're older, but you look amazing. I know you've been through a lot. And you're also married to Shermont. Is that right? Actually, Shermont is like the maintenance here in St. Luke's also. He's been here probably seven years. That's great. So you both work at St. Luke's. Do you ever get to see each other during the day? Yes, he does bring me lunch every now and then. He starts later shift and he'll come over. And when he's supposed to be over on the other side, he'll come over here into my department. Right. Shermont's such a good guy. You have such a wonderful family. And I'm so excited. Shermont's son, Simeon, you guys call him Simi. Tell me a little bit about what's going on in his world and a little bit about him. He actually just graduated from Hamilton High School, and he is actually on his way to UWM, so go Pitt. We're super excited. He loves basketball. He also, he kind of said that he wanted to probably dabble in engineering. So, because we were like trying to explain to him, like, basketball is great, but what if you get hurt on the court? So, he wants to try to probably also talk about engineering. The amazing thing about Simi is that he just had a remarkable high school basketball career at Milwaukee Hamilton. And okay. uh, he also, and your family deals with him also being autistic. And how has that impacted your world, Tremont's world, Simi's world? Well, I mean, it did start off rocky because it's autism come in stages. So we had to overcome the, when you have severe autism, when you're born, noises bother you. So Simi overcame the noises. Um, He didn't like people talking loud to him. And he always had to wear like the headphones So therefore, in order to actually calm him down a little bit, but he overcame that. And that's where basketball actually calms him down. And he loves video games. Anything to do with basketball, Simi does it. And the remarkable thing about Simi is that he actually overcame that without like the therapy that most autism kids have to go through. He overcame it by grabbing a sport that can actually calm him down. And that was like the greatest thing that basketball actually was the greatest thing that actually happened to Sammy. And how has his autism impacted his ability to play basketball, to play team sports, to go to school? How's that working for him? I think, well, I mean, with the autism child or a person in general, they don't like to be touched. So... In playing basketball, you actually have to be touched. So we thought that that was going to be a problem or the yelling or the screaming or the pulling, the grabbing. Uh, Amy actually pushed through that. First, the coach, he had a little problem with the fact of that the guarding, like an autism person always thinks someone is after them, my understanding. And Amy had to get over the fact of someone actually touching him or if it wasn't someone he knows, he had to get over the fact of that when they're guarding him, that they were guarding him for a reason, not to harm him. 
And so he did have to get over that part of it. And he has grown into one of the top basketball players in Milwaukee County. And uh-huh. he was has been recruited to play Division One college basketball. Did you ever think that was possible for him as he grew up and was aging? We didn't. I mean, we always saw that because of the fact of that Stimmy didn't really like to talk. But then it was like one night he woke up talking like all the time, like he holds conversations like before he used to be the shy kid. And then he wakes up like he's conversating. He's a very helpful kid. But to see the change and I mean, I keep saying basketball because it actually changed him. It really, truly changed Simi. Anyone who knows him knows that he would play basketball all day if you let him. And how old was he when he started playing basketball? Ten. Ten. And like he. Did... No, go ahead. No, it was one time that we were walking through Walmart and him and Shermont were, you know, like Walmart has like all of the balls all over the place. So Shermont threw, first of all, Shermont threw the ball at me and Simi started laughing because of the ball hit me like in the back. So Simi held onto the ball and then Simi threw the ball at his dad. And so they were actually playing through Walmart. I think it was Germantown Walmart. And they were like throwing more balls in the basket. And then from there on that particular ball, Simi brought home with him. And Simi just always bounced the ball. Like he just kept bouncing the ball and playing and playing, throwing it in the garbage or throwing it wherever. And then from there on, it just kind of went into something. So that's amazing. And it's amazing how he's used basketball to be able to cope with autism and to be able to get to a point where he's been recruited by Division One basketball programs. And uh, he got a scholarship from UWM. It got signed by Coach Bart Lundy, which is really exciting. And he'll be starting playing ball for the UWM Panthers probably this summer, I would imagine. And uh, did uh, Coach Lundy, I mean, he, you know, I'm sure they're concerned about committing a scholarship to someone with autism and I'm just so excited to hear that Simi's doing so amazing and you got to be so grateful to UWM and Coach Lundy. The coach actually didn't know at first that Simi had autism. When he first played he didn't know until I guess I believe the coach at Hamilton told him he didn't know by seeing him on the court he wasn't aware of it. And I'm sure it's something that's been discussed. And did you, were you looking to keep Simi close to home? Is that something that was important? I would say yes, because of the fact of that, of course, you know, we do have to be aware of that autism is real. And so therefore we were trying to actually just keep him in Wisconsin until like, if he wanted to go somewhere different to get him like, um, used to being away from us. And so he actually chose Wisconsin. That's chose uh, UWM, which is just so great. So I'm a huge UWM fan. Bart Lundy came in and really turned the program around last year. They came in second place in the Horizon League and made it pretty far in their conference tournament. 
and I have, I'm pretty confident that sometime during the next couple years where Simi is at UWM, that they have a great shot of winning the Horizon League and making it to the NCAA tournament. And I know how proud you're going to be. And that's a real oh testament to you and Charmant. I just am very excited about that. Congratulations to your family and to Simi and Thank great you. things ahead. I wanted to kind of circle back and talk to you about the primary. So whenever I start talking about basketball, I get distracted. You know, I love basketball so much and I love your family. So talking about you guys is an easy thing to do. But I really want to talk to you about your credit. And I want to take kind of a flashback back to 2015, 2016. Tell me a little bit about what's going on in your credit, your financial world. Well, back then, I had a vehicle that I was actually losing. And I believe back then, you were able to, like, look up in the red and the pages. I mean, everyone had yellow pages back then. So I did look up, and I felt Miller & Miller. And I called in for a consultation. I didn't know what to expect and made the appointment, came in and spoke with one of the attorneys. And I was telling the attorney that I was behind on my car payment and I believe that I'm going to lose it. I mean, I was getting a threatening call and they were telling me that they were actually going to come get my vehicle. So again, I didn't understand how bankruptcy would affect me or help me keep the vehicle. So the attorney that worked there, I believe his name was attorney Coco, he had explained to me how a chapter 13 actually worked. And I just wanted to know, my whole thing was, is that I just couldn't lose my vehicle. So I was telling him, and the crazy part about this story is that while I was in your office, the creditor called me. They called me and told me that I was in jeopardy of being repo. So back then I didn't know what all that meant. And they told me that I needed to pay right away. So attorney Lococo told me to put the person on hold. I put the person off hold and he told me to retain you. And at the time I thought it was crazy, but he told me to retain you for $20. And he would actually talk to that creditor. It, it was so cool because I walked into your office and I was a mess. I was crying and she actually told the creditor that I had retained Miller and Miller. And so then he told me about the process of how he was gonna help me save my vehicle. And he told me about that I can get put on a payment plan because like I told him, if I had the money to pay you, how I could just pay the car payment. And he told me that he, if I could put, get put on a payment plan, he told me the process, told me the things that I need. I still was worried about my vehicle. I still thought that, because I didn't understand the process, so I thought that I still was going to lose my vehicle. So he reassured me that I wasn't gonna lose it. So. And again, I mean, it was the most scariest thing that I had to go through because of the facts of that. Again, I didn't understand chapter 13. Right, and so what kind of, do you remember, was this the Malibu? Was it a, like a 2013 Malibu we were talking about? Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. And you had that car, you were behind on the car payments and they were trying to repossess the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And what would have happened if you would have lost that vehicle, if they would have repossessed it? I would have lost my job because of where I was working and then there was no buses. We didn't have Uber back then. I wouldn't have had any ways to get to work. I would have been lost. I saw myself losing everything. I saw myself as a domino effect, like 
when you're in a situation, the first thing you're thinking is that you're going to lose everything. Yeah, and sometimes we underestimate the importance of having solid, dependable transportation because, like you said, it's just like the beginning, the domino effect. That you lose that car or you lose that home, it cycles into other things that make life even more challenging. And so you were, what happened, if you remember, what happened that you fell behind on the car payments? I, well, I was trying to pay rent and it was like the first, I mean, it was so much going on in my life back then that I was trying to make ends meet. I had got tangled up in the payday loan web, trying to actually thinking that the payday loans that you're able to get a payday loan, but you forget about that interest. And then I think it was like, I couldn't stop those payday loans from hitting my account. So if like you, they'll tell you that to pay like the $30 in order to roll it over. And at this particular time, they kept on taking the money out of my account and I couldn't stop it. And so every time you would say that you're going to roll it over, you, I used to be too late to get to the part in order to stop them from rolling it over. It was really weird. But I did get tangled up in that pity mold web. Okay. And so you had the payday loans, which were probably taking money out of your account, which made it a challenge to be able to pay the car payment. And what other types of debts did you have at that time? Medical. The medical bills I had just had back then, I had my knee done. And then with the medical bills, it's like if you don't get put on a payment arrangement, they're always calling and you try to pay them something. It's never enough that it's like I was on a payment plan with them and then they were telling me that they need more. By the time they get their pay, they try to get their payment. Payment loans was taking a payment. So I really truly remember one day I got my check and the payment loans had just took everything. And the crazy part about even back then, I remember I had Progressa and Progressa, I forgot to take the automatic payment off and they had actually took their payment. So I believe that it was like by the time I made it to trying to get assistance, I was walking away with no money. So therefore every time, I believe it was Santander at the time, every time Santander will want a payment, I didn't have it. I didn't have it at all. And so you felt like kind of your world was coming in, the, your wages were being taken, your car was going to be taken away, and you consulted with us about doing a Chapter 13 bankruptcy. Huh? And the Chapter 13 was set up to be able to help you get caught up on your car payments. So when you filed the bankruptcy, the Chapter 13 stopped all those collection efforts. You didn't have the fear of the lender of the car coming to pick up the car at home or at work. And you could comfortably leave your home in the morning, go to work, run your errands, take care of your family. So the chapter 13 was a great tool to help you with that. And at the same time, the chapter 13 was set up to wipe out all of your other debt. What, do you uh -huh. remember what your credit score was at about that time you filed the chapter 13? I'm gonna say it probably was like 400. Okay. And what was the impact or what's it like dealing with, for you, of having a credit score that low? 
you can't get anything. A person with that low of a credit report, that credit, there's no one actually, even when back then I was trying to move, the first thing landlords would do is look at your credit. And they'll tell you that you'll get the little letters to say that your credit is in between this, so we need your credit to be between that. And you had to resort to payday loans because nobody was giving you anything back then. I mean, I wasn't able to get like credit cards or anything because nobody was looking at me when a 400 credit score. And did you feel you felt kind of trapped? You didn't know how you were going to, you know, get out and rebuild and the chapter 13 kind of gave you that fresh start. I remember telling one of your attorneys that I never, one of your attorneys that I don't think that I'm worthy of, and this is actually the words that I used to use is that I didn't think that I was like worthy of having any type of credit. I was going to be in the chapter 13 for the rest of my life because of the fact that bills were actually consuming me. I didn't know how to, I honestly did not know how I was getting out of that. And were you embarrassed, you know, by where your credit score than, you know, going out and filing multiple applications for car loans and that type of thing. And what brought it to a head other than, you know, obviously you needed to file to protect the car, but what finally led you to say, you know, enough is enough. I have to confront this issue. I need to get my credit score back. What brought that about? I think was when I actually got into the accident with the vehicle. And honestly, I just knew my world was getting ready to end because I was in a chapter 13 and then I had insurance on the vehicle, but then couldn't get no dealership to actually work with me. Like every dealership was telling me that they work with people who are in chapter 13, but that's not true. And then I think the kick in the face was is that when you're in a chapter 13, when you actually have insurance, that insurance check actually goes over to the trustee. So therefore it's like I sat there and didn't have a vehicle. So no one will work with me. And so you, I, you're in this chapter 13 and you filed it. Things are going great. You're making your chapter 13 payments. You're wiping out all the miscellaneous unsecured debt, the credit card debt. You're up to date on your car payment. They're not trying to repossess it. And then the, you know, just the unforgettable event of getting in a car accident and all of a sudden you don't have the car again. And no. were you okay? Were you physically okay after the car accident? I was physically okay. I mean, I didn't get hurt in the accident. I think anything, my feelings was hurt because I remember when I got the call from, I thought that I was good because I had insurance. But then when I got the call from Andrew Chevrolet and they told me that they were totaling the vehicle out and I was like reading everything like, if you have insurance and you're in chapter 13, what can happen? So I wasn't familiar with everything that was getting ready to happen. I didn't know that when you're in a chapter 13, you actually have to do your research to see what dealerships are actually going to help you because nobody helped me. I had made a list of like all of the dealership there that would actually try to help me and nobody would help me. 
Yeah, because when you're in the Chapter 13 and you're making payments to the trustee, you know, Chapter 13 can be great. It can help you get caught Uh up on your car payment, get caught up on taxes. It can help you get rid of your credit card bills and medical bills and utility bills. And it's a wonderful tool, but it's not perfect. And, you know, when you get in an accident, you had insurance, but it sounds like the insurance was probably, the car wasn't worth as, you know, that much. And so the car was totaled and you found yourself, you know, still owing money on the car. And then the insurance money had to go to the trustee and not to you, which meant that money was going to a car that you could no longer keep and use. And you had no cash in your pocket to file a bankrupt, to purchase another car. So... Then what? What did you do? After I stopped crying, of course, because I couldn't get anywhere, I resorted back to your law firm. I wanted to know, like, what are my options? And so one of the attorneys there, they told me that actually was I familiar with the Chapter 7. And I was like, no, because I'm not even really familiar with the Chapter 13. And so they told me that because I no longer had the vehicle anymore, that all of that debt from the Chapter 13 can go over to the Chapter 7, and we can actually get rid of it and get you back on track. I still didn't understand what that meant. But I was like, I'm still not going to have a car, though. And she, I remember her asking me which one was more important, the car or trying to clean things up. And... I was like, well, at this point, I'm not sure what's important. I just know I don't have a vehicle. So she told me, she said, told me to utilize my insurance. And she told me to write the insurance out. So I wrote the insurance off with the rental car. And so what she did was told me that we had to dismiss the 13. And then I can file a chapter 7. So once I filed the chapter 7, she also told me about the program that you have a credit rebuilding program. So I was like, okay, so at that time, my husband was able to get a vehicle in his name for me. So I was like, okay, well, and then she, attorney said, so she told me that let us clean your credit up. That's actually the first step to actually getting you back on track because she was telling me that I'm actually putting Band-Aid on things that I need to go ahead and heal the whole wound. So, of course, I didn't understand what that means, but I understand what she meant now because she was telling me that if she can help me get back on track, then I wouldn't have to keep on doing what I'm doing. And I was like, well, I don't understand. So when she told me that she were going to eliminate all of that unsecured debt and we can actually sign you up for the program. So when she showed me how to actually go through the, it's called the 7 steps of 720, she told me, how to go through it. And she told me to follow the steps. And she told me that I wasn't going to understand it. So she always told me to come and ask her questions. And so she said that because what you're doing, she always told me that credit was power. I never knew that. I never knew having credit makes a difference in your life. So when she showed me how to build my credit up, like during the steps, the steps are not easy. I mean, anything that's worth doing, it's going to be hard. So when she showed me how to do like the first step is telling you that all credit is not good credit. And so therefore, once you understand that, because everyone is going to throw credit cards at you, 
but you have to understand your credit. And so once I started understanding credit is when I was able to get back on track. Now I didn't have a vehicle in my name, but that was okay. But I needed to fix the problem. And the problem was my debt. And that's what the right. chapter seven did. It fixed my problem. Right. And so you were in the chapter 13 solely <laughs> for the purpose of keeping the car. And that car, yeah. if I remember, was with a lender that had a high interest rate on it. And so you got in the accident and then you decided I could probably go out and get another car at a buy okay. here, pay here type of place, a JD buy rider or something like that. But at that point you thought, I, I got to get out of this cycle. I need to do something different. And you really thought and felt based on the research that you did that doing a chapter seven <clears throat> to discharge all of your debt, <clears throat> start fresh, your credit score uh -huh. was less than 500. And uh -huh. you knew that getting that fresh start and rebuilding your credit was the path to go. And as you were thinking about that and realizing that there was a path to a new future, how did you feel about that? I think the best feeling was is when they created Credit Karma. I mean, I never knew about Credit Karma until I was actually introduced to it. I didn't know that there was something that you were able to track your credit score. And this may seem little to some people, but I remember my credit score went up 100 points. I was like, wait, really? I was excited. And then I think like six months later, it went up like 200 points. And I was like, wait a minute. So I stayed on it. Because I wanted to see if I really can get the 720. I'm, right. And I made sure that I stayed focused on everything that they told me to do in order to get it. Right. And the one thing that makes me so excited about what we do here at Miller & Miller is that we just don't file bankruptcies for people and send them on their way because filing the bankruptcy, although it's going to get rid of the back debt, is not okay. going to ensure that people get that fresh start and get their credit score back on track. And what we do here is from the moment someone hires us for Chapter 7, like you did, we pull their credit report and we make okay. sure that every on the credit report gets wiped out. So after the bankruptcy's done, we get all of that old credit off of the credit report, and then we enroll our clients in a program called, that you referenced, it's called Seven Steps to 720. Now, what I tell people, Veronica, is that there's no guarantees. What I can tell you, that if a client comes in and they have a 400 credit score and a 500 credit score, and we file their bankruptcy, and they stay employed, and they cooperate and help us to clean their credit report, and they participate in the seven steps to 720 credit score program, they are in about 18 to 24 months going to get that 720 credit score. It's a partnership, and what excites me most about, which was great working with you, is that you took advantage 
of all of the programs that we offer. You did the seven step, the 720 program, you got your credit report cleaned up. And tell us a little bit about where you are now and how life has changed for you. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I was able to get a vehicle in my name. I was able to go into a dealership and get a vehicle in my name with a lower interest rate. Now that was a big deal to me. I mean, like I could have went anywhere and got a vehicle, but to actually, my dream was to go walk on Andrew Chevrolet a lot in order to get a vehicle. And I did, I was able to walk on their lot and he pulled my credit and I was able to get a lower interest rate vehicle. And I was excited about that. But I think the biggest thing that I was super excited about is that like when you come out, like the attorney explained to me that once you, I told her that I really want to try to buy a house. So she was telling me that I needed to wait two years after I came out of the seven, but she was telling me to keep building my credit up. And so she was telling me in the program, not just she was telling me in the seven steps of 720, it tells you that to stay away from department store credit cards. So to try to get regular credit card. And I love the one part that it taught me that if you get a Discover card, it can be used at any store. And so don't always just try to go for store credit cards. So that was one tool that I didn't know. So I was still building my credit up after I purchased my car. Then I went and talked to a mortgage lender. I never thought that after everything that I went through that I would be able to buy a house. I think that was probably the best day of my life when I purchased the house, when she told me that I got approved for that loan. When she told me that I got approved for the loan, I never, ever thought that I would ever be able to buy a house. And for me to close on my house, I've been in my house for about a year now, but for me to close on a house and for me to be able to have a backyard, a three bedroom home, that was probably the best day of my life. Yeah, that was the best day of my life. And to still actually have a credit score, I believe I'm sitting at like 701 today, but I never thought this would happen. I never thought this would actually happen to me because life did deal me some bad hands, but I stayed the course, and with the help of Miller & Miller, I have to say, you guys help me. I will be indebted with you guys for a long time because you guys really, really did help me. And um, you didn't only just sell me a bankruptcy. You actually, when I stand behind to say, you guys sold me a fresh start, and you showed me how to keep the fresh start going, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I'm moved and I'm grateful to you for telling your story because it's just a great story. It's very inspiring, but a lot of it comes down. Yes, we can offer you the tools to get to where you want to be, but what kind of differentiates you and Charmant and your family is that you personally set goals and you took advantage of every opportunity to get to where you are today. 
and I'm just grateful and I'm proud to have been able to serve you and to help you reach that dream, to walk in that Andrew Chevrolet parking lot and being able to pick out that car and go meet with the crazy sales manager and they pull your credit report and to know that they're going to treat you with the respect and dignity that you deserve and to go and buy that house and to go to closing and to get those keys. That's a real, that's just a huge victory. And I'm just proud of you and your family. Before we close, you know, if you had some advice to somebody who is facing challenging credit and it is a long road and it is a challenging road, what would that advice be? Um, Go to Miller and Miller. I don't need you to say that. I want you, you're talking to your best friend who's just on the outs and frustrated. I just know you have a lot of wisdom. I think what I tell people, don't be afraid of bankruptcy. Don't care what other people think, because if you lose your vehicle, would they be able to take you where you need to go? If you lose your house, would they allow you to live with you? So don't be afraid for change, because that's all bankruptcy is change. It's that you're doing something that you're not familiar with. I would say to anyone, do the research. Don't just believe what the attorney is saying to you. Do the research, but don't be don't listen to everybody's opinion about bankruptcy because it's your life, not theirs. That's wonderful advice. And just take a moment to thank you so much for your time today. Good luck to Simi this fall at UWM. I'll be rooting for him right next to you. And I'm thank just you. thrilled to have, have to, gone on this journey with you. Thank you so much, Veronica. Thank you so much for having me.